Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a doozy of an interview for all of you listeners today, as I am joined once again by TCU men's tennis head coach David Roditi, this time to discuss his team's run to the 2023 National Indoor title this past weekend in Chicago. Of course, college tennis fans know it's the second consecutive season the Horned Frogs have walked away from the National Indoors with the winner's trophy, and I wanted to ask the architect of this TCU roster what that fact says about the state of his program here in 2023. Of course, I also wanted to pick Coach Roditi's brain about the many successes we saw the Horned Frogs achieve over the course of the past weekend. What does Coach Roditi view as the biggest strengths of his roster at this point of the season? What will Coach Roditi do to ensure that this isn't the peak for TCU in 2023? How does he hope to ensure his team continues to improve as they pursue the first NCAA team title in program history this spring. It is, again, a fascinating interview that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. A massive thank you here at the top to Coach Roditi, who is always candid with us here at Crack Rackets. That fact remains the same here in today's episode. As I said at the top, it is an interview I am certain all of you Crack Rackets fans will enjoy. So, without further ado, Let's get to it. Here's my conversation with now two-time National Indoor winning head coach, David Roditi. Hey, Crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision.
Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket show. And today, I mean that in a literal sense, as his team captured back-to-back national indoor titles over the course of the past weekend in Chicago. Welcome back onto our show, head coach of the TCU men's tennis team, David Roditi. Coach, first of all, congratulations on the title. It's been a few days now. How are you doing? Has it all sunk in? Uh, thank you, Alex. Great, great to be back here. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, our team, uh, our team accomplished something very special. We're we're very proud of them. Uh, yeah, it's it's sunken in for sure. We had a great reception at a basketball game, perfectly timed, a big big basketball game against Kansas. So that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, you know we we learned our lessons from last year. So. We, I believe we're we're ahead of the game now and, and and prepared to what's coming. It's it's always it is the 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 response from our fans, the response from our fellow ITA coaches, it's been incredible. I haven't had a second to to reply to all the messages. It's so heartwarming and so nice to to know so many people paying attention and and reaching out. So to all of you, thank you so much. I'll get to those messages. Just haven't yet. Well, to that, I'll just say send them the show. You don't even need to respond. Just send them a link to the show and they can hear that message to start. But Exactly. Yeah, to that end, it's interesting. You mentioned that basketball game. And for listeners that don't know, you guys play the National Indoor Final Monday. You know, match finishes. And I should really say all the photos finish by about 3 p.m. Central Time. You make it back to campus that night to be honored by, uh, by uh, during the men's basketball game against Kansas. Is that a text you send like on your way to the airport of like, hey, any chance we can honor the guys tonight? Because that is truly quite the coordination from the TCU Athletic Department. I'd love to hear how that all came together. You know, it's a, it's a great question, Alex, you, because you know how these kind of things happen. No, I was not. And uh, it was our our fans. Our fans did that. They put, you know, they connected the dots. Our marketing department got on the ball quickly because there's a lot of, especially a game like that, like uh, Dane Bain, our big NBA star, Williams was there. We had a bunch of NBA professional players. Max Duggan, got in the, that's when he had the Davey O'Brien Award Day. He was there all dressed in suit. I think you remember uh, who that guy is, right? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Yeah, the, the ginger Dykes. who's the bane of my existence. Yes, we've met <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. So it's it's credit to our, our fans, number one, connected dots, our marketing department moving so quickly, and then um, our our SID, uh, Brady and Steven Schoon, got, got on the ball right away. So it was great. It was perfect. The guys got to celebrate it with our fans in front of right here at home. And now we can get back to hitting some balls in the wind and the sun and the outdoor conditions. Now, very well said. Was it intimidating to you to know that Max Duggan was dressed better than you? Because obviously you have the hat, but he's in the tuxedo. I think he wins that exchange. Man, I, I, uh, I'm smart enough to know who, who you can compete with and who <laughs> you can't compete with. So, uh, no, I was just kind of glad that we got our, our reception right before he sort of made his appearance so that was uh that was perfect that we yeah. went first no he's, it's he's the man 
Yeah, that's a good move. You sneak Fomba Sander up there first, then you bring in the Tuxed Man at the end. That's just that's good clean panning by the TCU Athletic Department. And, you know, looking at your program now, and you've had a ton of success. I know it's year, I believe, 13 for you at the helm. And, by the way, in 13 years, you still don't have 100 losses, which to me might be even more impressive than all the victories you guys have managed to rack up. But, of course, again, this past weekend, you become the first program since Virginia won four straight titles from 2008 to 2011 to win back-to-back national indoor championships and you know in an era of college tennis that in my opinion is defined by the parity the depth we see across schools what does it mean to you what does it say about your program that you guys are able to accomplish this feat yeah I mean it means so much especially when you sort of talk about where where we started, um, we had a, we were lucky. We were lucky when I got the job that even though our team didn't finish ranked as high as this team, we had, we had the right people. We had the right people in place and, and it just sort of added and, and plugged in some, some key players and the, the success that our, our pros are having you know, it all adds up. It's it's your alumni, it's your players, your ex-players, what they're doing on the tour. Uh, and then you get a class like Fumba and Sander Jung five years ago who who were not highly recruited. They were not, they were not, you know, everybody was going after, oh man, I can't remember who he was last year, but whatever the fifth year seniors are right now. And, and, and then you look, Five years later, they are combined twenty-two and through two and twenty-two and five combined in singles. So that class uh, for them to stay one more year. Uh, the freshmen, uh, you have a Gorsney and, and Pennington who are true freshmen coming in, making an impact, going four and zero on on the at that stage is remarkable. So yeah, there's so there's so many so many parts. Um, they go into it. Uh, the addition of Devin Bowen to the program eight years ago. You know, Devin Bowen doesn't know what it's like not to be top 10. Yeah. I, keep, I, I keep having to tell Devin, this is not the way it goes. Yeah. You're not just top 10. There's so many good teams, so many good coaches, uh, so many fifth-year, you know, transfers. I'm proud that, that we don't have any, any fifth-year transfers. It's just uh, we do have – fifth-year players that, 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 that were with us. So, um, yeah, Devin, yeah, as far as he knows, you, you go to work <laughs> and you finish top 10. It's just That's just the way it is. Yeah, no, to your point, eight straight seasons of top 10 tennis, and I'm going to go ahead. Here's a hot take for you. I think you've clinched a ninth straight season with that national indoor title. Just, (laughs) again, I'll predict that for you so you don't have to. But, you know, again, I want to talk about your program a little bit later, where things stand now, how you've gotten it to this point. But I want to break down the weekend as well because, obviously, again, watching your team compete, it was funny. On the broadcast during your match against Kentucky, the Texas team was sitting – 
directly next to me. And in the midst of the broadcast, I wasn't thinking. I was caught up in the throes of things. And I say, look, via the eye test, this TCU team has looked leaps and bounds better than the rest of the field. And immediately, Bruce Burke taps me on the shoulder. He goes, hey, you know, you know, we're right here. And I was like, oopsie. He's like, sorry about that. But the reason it came out of my mouth is because it was very evident to all of us who watched throughout the course of the weekend, the depth, the talent your roster possesses. And I think that fact never manifested itself more than the performance we saw from your team in doubles. And, you know, looking throughout the course of the weekend, you play four matches. Your team goes 8-2-2 two, and two in the 12 double sets that you played. So, you know, eight victories. You dropped only two sets on the weekend. I want to start with that strength in doubles because, you know, to get out to 1-0 leads, we know how valuable as college tennis fans that is. But, you know, looking at your team coming into the season, did you expect that doubles point to be the strength that it really has been? I I don't think you guys have dropped the doubles point less yet this year. We we have not. Um, There's a small part of me that wants to. Uh, <laughs> I'll knock on some, wood for you right now. I at promise. some point, at some point, we will, and we 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 obviously need to respond well uh, to it. Uh, I do, you know, we had two exact teams returning. The only the only change there is that you take Aguilar, who was a great doubles player, and and you plug in Gorsney, who is Wimbledon champ. So on paper, you're thinking, okay, yeah, we lost some leadership. Uh, Aguilar was one of our best doubles player. Uh, how, how's Gorsney going to do? And I mean, you see what he's doing. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. Um, and, and then we get some choices. So, so yeah, the doubles point was huge. I love the way we played. I, um, you know, before, before I say anything, Alex, because we're talking about our success at indoors and yes, on paper, it looks like we, we sort of dominated. You could say that on paper. Sure. It is not. I mean, if we go play that same tournament again, mm-hmm. you could have a, a, a completely different winner. You know, you could have a Michigan, Kentucky, Ohio State, Texas, um, USC. There's so many different teams, uh, both USC's, uh, Georgia. It would be, we were, we benefited. We benefited from the schedule. We we played every day in the morning, and then we play at noon. We're ready. We got all day to to recover. You have a Texas team that has to go through two very emotional wins. You know, first Wake Forest was always tough, and then they're playing at night. They're playing, they're playing Michigan and Ohio State back to back at night, and the, it and and it only gets earlier and earlier. And then the last day you play at noon. I mean, that's a that's a that's a lot. That's a lot, and we were, we were lucky. Obviously, TCU didn't do the schedule, and I wasn't in charge, but I believe that that played a part in why you saw uh, a 4-0 in the finals. If well, we play under different circumstances, it would be an absolute war 4-3. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that, and I do want to expand on this topic a little bit further because when I watch your team play 
there's a business-like mentality about your group. And that's not to slight some of the other teams. But what I mean by that is you watch Michigan play, you know they're going to be loud. You know the energy that they're bringing from the start. That's part of their ethos. You know, that's part of what they want to do to be beating opponents. That's not you guys. And it was very interesting, even from the start, that first match against Baylor. I think the Georgia doubles point in the quarterfinals was actually the best and most clear-cut example of this were like, your guys are kind of silent. They kind of stay in rhythm until, you know, three all, four all in a set. And that's when your team seemed to make their move each and every match. And, you know, in particular, you look at Fernley and Fomba, the move they make at the end of the number one doubles match against Texas and just all these different things. When you talk to your guys about the energy and the doubles point, I do think there are two camps. You know, there's the loud, aggressive camp, and then there's the steadiness that you guys seem to bring. Why is that the choice for you all? Yeah, we we believe doubles is all about energy. Mm -hmm. And we also believe that there are different types of energy, and they may manifest or appear differently from team to team. Uh, Some are... They, they're loud, they're jumpy, they're meeting all in one court, middle court, all three teams. I heard that happen. I didn't see it. It's just different. Uh, I like to believe that we do have energy. There's a lot of internal focus. There's a lot of internal energy. We, I thought, I thought this was some of the best job we've done as a team. Uh, we added Luke Swan. Luke Swan is, uh, you know, uh, his UTR, let's say, is not is not up to what the rest of our team is. But his character and his leadership and what he brings on the sideline played a critical part in what I believe gave us a chance to win. So that is, for us, that is as loud as we've ever been. I thought the energy was great. But you're right. At the end of the day, I can't tell Louis Max did to be Fenty. Or Louis Maxted to be Cleve Harper. Louis Maxted is going to be Louis Maxted. And Pedro is going to be Pedro. And um, so within your personality, just show us that you're you're in it um, energy-wise. Um, so I agree with you 100%. Uh, we got to stay true to who we are. And then, you know, Devin Bowen is – that's not – that's not Devin Bowen either, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I have to chill out. I have to yeah. chill because of the team I get in. I'm probably the loudest guy, you, you know? I There was a moment I screamed at, against one of the teams and said, it's just noise, guys. It's just noise. Um, so, no. yeah, I think you got to be who you are. That's perfectly put. Your team is unequivocally themselves, and that doesn't mean they're the loudest, but clearly – that brings a comfort level. And to your point on you, because as I like to think I'm the foremost scholar on David Roditi at this point, and again, take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. But you ran, you know, in, in the football, there's the 40-yard dash. Now, this weekend, you guys were without your third coach, volunteer assistant Nick Chapel, who was off doing pro tennis things. You ran a two-court sprint from the end of court three to the center in between one and two. You got there at about 3.5 seconds. Like, I'm just saying, I think you still have that top speed, Coach. Like, I was pretty impressed by that energy you brought in the doubles court. Uh, thank you. When you're 5'6", uh, <laughs> trying, trying to compete with the fumbas of the world, you better you better move. So I'm, I'm glad that at 49, I 
I can still sprint. Um, uh, I'm sure adrenaline and nerves yeah. had a lot to do with that. No, watching you slow down, I thought you pulled something in your back. But again, the starting, that was really nice from you, Coach. But, you know, you talk about picking that lineup. And we talked about this privately, but obviously that's got to be the toughest part for you this season because you have eight, nine guys who on the right day again, and you pointed out in your post-match press or post-match speech of, look, all nine guys, you all had to play your role throughout the course of the weekend for us to get here. I want to talk about picking the lineup and sticking with the theme of doubles. You know, you mentioned Louis Maxted. He and Sander were a top, not just a top 10 team. They were a top five team this fall. And yet, you know, the big decision on day number one, and obviously it paid dividends. You guys go 4-0 on the weekend. But you play JPJ, Jack Pennington Jones, in place of Louie at that number two double spot. How difficult of a decision was that for you to make? Why was that the decision you and Devin ultimately go with? It is the hardest decision. Mm-hmm. I hate it. If, <laughs> if I could let somebody else do it, and I trusted a hundred percent. I let them do it. Um, you know, Devin and I have a kind of a a running joke of of hey, why don't you tell him? Here, you meet with him. You tell him he's not playing tomorrow. You know, and and he looks at me. He's like, hey, you're the head coach. You don't do anything. You don't do anything. This is the least you can do is go go deliver the bad news. So, um, yeah, we there's a lot of a lot of conversations with the guys and a lot of. A trust. I, I do believe in fairness and I do believe in doing it the right way as hard as it is. I do believe in over communicating when it comes to those things. I believe in being super honest as to why they somebody else is in. Uh, I like to focus. We, we, we have a good problem. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not in a situation where we don't know who to put. We're in a situation is that we don't know who not to put. Yeah. Uh, we have really good choices um and that goes for the for the top of our lineup uh you know sebastian gorsney could come in my office tomorrow and go coach uh, when do i move up uh so you know there's there's it's a great problem i'm sure coaches listening to this are like rodidi shut the up uh you know cry to somebody else but yeah it is very hard and and to what you said in doubles I realized this on the plane, going home, we won four doubles points. You can only have three different combinations, and we had them all. Mm-hmm. We had one and two win, we had two and three win, and we had one and three win. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think two and three might have happened twice. Mm-hmm. Um, how good is that? I mean, well, three was undefeated. I think the only one we didn't get was one and two, right? Because I feel like three did. They just kept winning at that number three spot. We had one and two. We just didn't yeah. finish at three. Oh yeah, the they finals. were up. You're right. They were up on that day. Good call by you. They were up well, five. They were even. They were even. They, yeah. I mean, Chi 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 Wang and 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 um, Micah. Yeah. And Micah served three aces on break points down. I was <laughs> like having a heart attack. Like. <laughs> Can you guys not ace every break point down? (laughs) You know, I mean, again, it was so impressive what your team was able to do. And I would still point back to that Georgia doubles point. I think that was the best one I saw because it was literally four all, I think, on all three courts. And it was just there was no separation until there was separation. And, you know, again, the doubles part of the lineup was one thing. 
I know it's going to be a similar philosophy, but I'm just curious for this player specifically because, and I learned and was granted permission from Burtis Kruger for listeners, former TCU standout. Obviously, Coach Roditi knows him well, but Burtis said, I'm now allowed to call Tomas Jiracek the Bulldog because apparently that was the nickname back in the day. You know, you look at Louie on days one and two. Louis Maxted's playing at the five and six spot. He's up 5-0 in the third at six against Baylor. He's splitting sets against Georgia, and yet semifinals, finals, you go with the Bulldog, Tomas Jiracek, who obviously rewards you uh, in particular during that semifinal. Obviously, he's able to get that clinching win over Kosne. Was that something that was always in the cards? You kind of alluded to it earlier where you thought, you know, maybe we will mix things up at that number six spot. Why was Tomas the pick the last two days? So Louis, Louis is the cat. So we have yeah. the bulldog and we have the cat. So <laughs> he, he moves like a cat. Uh, yeah, Louis, it's so, good. And he's cool as a cat. Um, yeah. uh, why we went with Thomas on third day, we, we want – we want everybody to to play. We we don't want to be pigeonholed, holding ourselves to getting to later in the season conference, conference play, conference championships, NCAs, and and the guys that are seven and eight are aren't getting, you know, enough enough playing. So we believe in all of them. We believe in all the players, and we wanted to give everybody. And and it had been three matches since Tommy playing, which we don't want to go any longer without him playing. Uh, Pedro Vives needs to play singles as well. So I'm sure you'll see Pedro uh, playing here soon as well. So uh, it, it's more about giving everybody opportunities. It's not about you lose, you're out. Okay. We want to do it based on positive, not based on negative, not based on we didn't want to. Louis to lose, and now all of a sudden he's out, and he thinks it's because he lost. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's at the end of the day, we're going to do what we believe as coaches will give the team the best chance to win the dual match. Mm-hmm. That is number one, and then go from there. Um, I, I even asked that. I asked that to Louis, who's going to give us the best chance to the team, who needs to play at six, and and let them answer it that way. Mm-hmm. Because you say you want to play tomorrow. Well, yeah. You feel you're the guy. Yeah. Okay. Who gives the best chance for the team to win tomorrow? And that's a really hard. You almost answer that question doing a self-check as a player because, you know, how do I answer completely unbiased? Because they all they all want to play. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, to that end. To me, it comes down to, and not to say that you and Devin don't do an outstanding job with the leadership you guys bring day in, day out, but you talked about those fifth years, Sander and Luke, obviously Sander Joan, Luke Fomba. Um, when I watch these two play and being around your team and being around these guys now for five years, they don't strike me as the most vocal of leaders. Although I feel like Fomba definitely can drop a one-liner with the best of them. Like there's no way he's not quietly hilarious. Um, but you know, for those two, they strike me as guys who lead by example. And I'm curious for you as a coach to have Fomba who lost what, like he went like 16 and four last year at the number one spot, something crazy like that. I'm not sure if Sanders lost in the past three seasons at those three and four spots. And yet Fomba says, I'll play two. Don't worry about me. Sanders, like, put me at that four spot. I won't complain. What 
I mean, am I on to something here? Like, is it their buy-in, their leadership that trickles down to everyone else? A hundred percent. I hope my boss is not listening <laughs> because I'm always, I'm always happy to get a raise. Yeah. But you know, you're only as good as your, your players. At the end of the day, it's the players that have to go out there and earn it. Mm-hmm. We, we do what we can and help them and support them and basically get out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's the best coaching advice I can give anybody is just get out of the way and, and let them be and let them play because they it's their team we say it all the time it's your team and and they're the ones making the sacrifices they're the ones having to deal with those negative thoughts and 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 doubts and and in the middle of competition and and your opponent you know yelling in your face and, and competing and also wants it a hundred percent it's all about the players and if we didn't have Fumba and Sander leading the way, we wouldn't, the guys wouldn't be getting the results that they're getting. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You can only, as coaches, do so much. The rest is all up to them. Mm-hmm. Well, to that end, and this might be a stupid question, but I get at least one to ask you every pod. When did Jake Fernley get so f-ing good? Because, like, he's always been solid. But, like, I didn't realize he was this sort of athlete last season. And just, like, the pace, the redirect, the racket speed. Like, again, for lack of a better term, when did this happen? Jake, I, I'm not even I'm not even sure you're seeing. I don't think you're, you're, you haven't seen it yet either. Really? What we believe he's capable of. This kid's special. He's he's uh, maturing physically, mentally, emotionally. He's in a good place, uh, confidence-wise, and uh, he he has he's got a great girlfriend. I think he's, yeah. awesome. <laughs> he's a stud. Um, yeah. You know, it takes a lot. I, again, like I just said in the comment before, it's there's so much going on in these kids' lives that it all adds up, mm-hmm. and I believe that Jake made a decision this last summer Mm -hmm. that he was going to do some things differently. Mm -hmm. And you are eluding, you don't know what they are. Yeah. And I think those, those are maybe his own private stuff, but yeah, he made some changes about, about how he was going to go about his business on a daily basis. And you're you're that's exactly what you're talking about. So if Jake's listening to this, you're you're seeing it. You're seeing it. And and I believe that there is there's more to come. Mm-hmm. No, you know, that- don't forget, don't forget that Jake he either won the futures or got to the finals of our futures. He beat he beat Rinky yeah. at a futures the fall of his freshman year. Mm-hmm. He can play. It's just yeah. he had a lot of injuries for mm-hmm. two years, two or three years. He a lot of injuries, so he wasn't able to really get going. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that those are in the past. Yeah. Well, I always say if I'm going to talk trash about someone, I'll do it to their face. I was ripping on you. I was like, Jake Fernley's not the one. This is Rodidi pulling a fast one on all of us. And then it's like, whoa, wait. I was wrong. I take the loss here. Like, again, he is that good. And I'm not saying he's the unequivocal best player on your roster because, again, I don't know if you know this. Spoiler alert: You've got a pretty good team uh, here this year, Coach Rotidi. But um, no, I mean, yeah, he was absolutely excellent. And then, you know, 
the two new pieces as well. It's the embarrassment of riches. It's that you guys didn't need JPJ or Seb to be this good this year, and yet you bring them in, and it's just like, okay, now it's almost over the top. And, you know, let's start with JPJ. I know we, we've talked about this before, but getting him eligible, that whole process to have it behind you and to have him now fully participating in the team. Talk to me about him, how special he is as a freshman, and, you know, again, what it means to your group to get him going full swing. No, it's huge. Um, and as good as he is as a player, mm-hmm. his best attributes are not even on the court. You know, he's he's a great, he's a team guy. He's fun. He gets it. He's competitive. Uh, even though he's just a freshman, he's in a way a leader. There there are things. And if, if he's listening, he he doesn't know as much as he thinks he knows. Um <laughs> But uh, he's he's learning. He just has a great way about him, mm-hmm. very mature in some way, in many many ways, and he can play. And he's a good player. And on paper, UTR, I think he might be the highest guy. Number one on in college, squad. right? Okay. No, across college tennis, right now, he's number one. There you go. Um, so, so yeah, obviously huge for us. He he put everything he had into, you know, getting getting outside help, outside lawyers. I, I went around uh, the NCA, uh, the the indoor, and his lawyers were actually there. So I introduced him to some other coaches that are now are dealing with some NCA issues. And I said, "Hey, here is meet them. I'm sure they they can help you too." You know. So uh, I hope like a guy like Lerner Tian gets gets in in the lineup. We want we want all the best players to be out there. So I'm happy for him personally. Uh, at the end of the day, I believe I heard you say it. Is he's a 19-year-old, never took a penny uh, from any anybody, any agents. Made a little money uh, on some, you know, 25, nothing like some other guys uh, made. Uh, you know, main draw of, of Grand Slams and stuff that have been uh, eligible. So he's a 19. He's a teenager who who sacrificed a ton to to play college tennis. So. Uh, I'm really happy for him, and I'm happy for guys. Our guys are – they love it. It's been good. It does create some challenges, like you said earlier. And we're just happy for, for Jack. And and our goal is for him to love college, for him to love this experience, for him to look back 20 years from now and go, wow, that was the best thing I ever did. And And it's our duty to get him to that next level that we believe he will be mm-hmm. soon. No, I, I, you better get a commission fee. That's all I'm saying from all the work you're sending to this law firm's way because everyone's going to be turning to them now. I had, I'm had, i not going to name the coach. I had one coach say, I'll die before Jack Pennington-Jones gets eligible this season. Uh, and that coach is still alive and JPJ yeah, well, is playing. Yeah, and so again, it's yeah. a credit to the work there. And I agree. With, it's just like it's a 19-year-old kid, right? This is what it's supposed to be about. From day one, from day one, all the universities – that recruited him and offered him big scholarships, we all knew there was a path Yeah, to get him eligible on day one. Mm-hmm. There were there were a lot of obstacles in that in that path. But if you took one one obstacle at a time, there was a really good argument and a really good reason as to why things happened the way they happened. Mm-hmm. And we were just hopeful that the NCA would see it that way. And it took, you know, it took outside lawyers to allow the NCA to see it that way. 
Yeah, no, very, very well said. And, you know, to that end, obviously, you don't just bring in him. You bring in Seb Gorsny as well. Let me ask you this. And again, it might be a dumb question. Seb Gorsny, better at singles or doubles right now? Man, he's just a competitor. Yeah, his hands just are just competitor. like he hits a bump lob on the return. I'm just like, and he's never missed it. I'm like, it's just ridiculous. He's uh, he's got great feel. Yeah, he's got great hands. He's got a good body for tennis, obviously. Yeah, the I'm length. a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. You'd um, still be in the league if you had his size. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, his best attribute is that he, he just loves to win and he just refuses to lose. He hates losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Nori when it comes to that hatred of losing. Mm-hmm. No, well, to that end, have you noticed? And again, I, I know we've talked about this before, but Cam's now a consensus top twelve guy on the ATP tour. And you know, it's fascinating because obviously, right now we have a top one hundred active player in Diana Schneider playing college tennis. And you know, I'm curious if a TCU men's tennis has felt a Cam Nori boost with all the success he's having when you're out on the recruiting to you know circuit. People said, "Hey." Cam played for you. Like, tell me about that and what that whole process was like. You know, obviously, I'm curious if you guys have felt that and what you think it means to have someone like Schneider competing in college tennis this year. Yeah, I thought you were going to drop a bomb and let everybody know that Nori still has one more year of eligibility. (laughs) Well, first of all, I know there's a letter from you to Carlos Alcaraz that says, Dear Carlitos, like, just give me six months at TCU. It would be querido, querido Carlitos. <laughs> I would do it in Spanish. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Huge, huge. What Cam is doing, not just for TC Tennis, for TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and his coach, Facundo Lugones, who was his teammate, volunteer coach, one of our players, student scholar, scholar athlete of the year mm-hmm. at, at TCU of, of all sports. It's a, such a good story. Um, it doesn't happen very often where a young player keeps the same coach from playing in futures and challengers to semifinals of a grand slam and and all that success doesn't they don't think that they need a, a more experienced coach uh and, and facundo coach of the year between the two of them they're they're just a a walking um flag of TCU out there. They're worldwide representing the university. We're so proud of what they're doing. We're so thankful for what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. It only helps. Uh, They're great. They're amazing. And Facundo, he's part of our, basically part of our staff. I mean, he's, uh, he's benefiting from, from his loyalty to TCU as well. Can we get him some new shirts, though? It's always the same TCU shirt for Facundo sitting there in the box. We need some new gear, Coach. I think we need to give him an update. When he was in um, Dubai, mm-hmm. his bag with all his new gear got stolen. Really? So that's amazing. That's amazing that you even noticed that. He yeah. had He had a bunch of new gear. That's funny. Uh, every time he comes into town, he gets, you know, loaded up with gear. His bag was stolen with all of it. So there's somebody in yeah. somewhere in the Middle East wearing a bunch of TCU stuff. 
It was me. I just wanted to set it up to ask the question. That was all there. No, I mean, you do look good in purple. Yeah, rocking it. And let the record show. I'm not a Welcher. I stood up to it. I wore the TCU shirt on Thursday, day one. All the every coach was like, "Why? Like, what did what did Rodidi do?" I was like, "It's not what he did. It's what Max Duggan did. Uh, that just exactly. yeah, that did me dirty." But you know, again, with all that said, and uh, oh, actually, just quick follow up because I know I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, the Schneider component, an active top 100 player. What does that say about the state of college tennis? Yeah, I think that's great. I think it's we want the best product out there. Obviously, it's easy for me to say because we we're not UNC now sure. having to deal with NC State's number one. But I think it's awesome. Um, I'm just not a the 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 part that the where I draw the line is is somebody who was on the tour for four years and they you know weasel away uh, to to get back into it and without penalties or whatever. Other than that, I. We want the absolute best players out here. It's only, it's only, it's only better for for everybody, and it's such a good experience. That mm-hmm. Snyder's going to give back to college tennis in some way, someday, somehow. Yeah, you know, perfectly put. I agree with you. And again, they're all teenagers. Jack, Diana, like. Oh my God, a teenager doesn't want to be a professional yet. Like, breaking news story. Let's stop the press. It's like, no, that, that's a very normal course of life. But, you know, with all that said, my last question to you, and you alluded to it at the start of the show, so we'll go full circle here. You were in this position last year. Now, I don't know if you remember, but there is a team that goes by the name of the University of Michigan. They came down to Fort Worth and, uh, you know, beat you guys immediately following the National Indoors last season. And you were very open about the fact that your guys weren't ready for that match to play with such a quick turnover from the National Indoors to get right back into the swing of things. I'm curious what you learned after winning the national indoors from last season, where things went right, went wrong in that process, and how you're going to maybe differ what you do with your team over the next month compared to last year. Yeah. So just for the record, because I remember, <laughs> I, by the way, I do remember that. Match. Okay. Just in case you did <laughs> An absolute beat down uh, in a way, in a way. Um, what I always said is I felt that neither team mm-hmm. was very well prepared for that match and they were just that much better than we were um i can come up with a thousand reasons i also said and i got so mad our sid that put the ranking i think michigan came in ranked 49 or something like that if i remember right like don't put that they're they're top five they're (laughs) a top five team they just they were a little hurt they didn't make the indoors Uh i'm telling you you watch and he's like yeah 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 whatever here they are. I mean, they're bees. They're like 200 pounds each of full of muscle. I don't know what they're feeding them. Makes Adam look like a little guy in, in Becker. Um, so what what did we learn? You know, we we're, we're lucky that this year it's it's nice outside. We're, we're we're hitting outdoors today. We didn't have that opportunity the last two years. It was snowing when we got back, iced. Um, our bodies are in a better place. Um, it's not the first time we win a national championship. It's the second, so that makes a difference. Uh, there, you know, there were a lot of learning, but also at the same time last year, you don't know when you're going to win again. I mean, you never, probably never win again. I mean, it's just so hard to win titles with all these great coaches and great teams out there. So 
we were very conscientious and very conscious about the fact that we were celebrating that championship forever. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with it. I was okay. Yes. We may never have this again. Let's celebrate it. So this year, I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're playing Tuesday. We're playing UTA. Um, we'll be ready. We'll be ready to go. I, weather looks good. We'll be hitting a lot of balls. Um, and, and I'll let you know in, in, in May if we learn anything or not. We, it's <laughs> yet to be seen. Um, but I do remember that match, if that's part of your why you brought it up. Well, I mean, and we had to relive the semifinal, a game that even with a pick six, multiple fumbles, we still should have won. Um, that's two, the we. The we is Michigan football in this instance, not Michigan uh, two, tennis. Two pick six, by the way. Yeah, two pick. Well, one of them I've blanked from my mind. Yes, two pick sixes, two fumbles, by the way. Ugh. Uh, we're not. We won't relive that. But I'll tell you what certainly brings me joy is seeing you and your program have success. Because obviously, having been around college tennis now for, I mean, my whole life, but in particular to be able to cover it for the better part of a decade now. Obviously, I'm immensely grateful that you have been so kind to our Crack Rackets team. You've embraced everything we've tried to do, and obviously, your ethos is everything that the spirit of college tennis is supposed to be about. When your hat has its own Twitter account. You know you're doing something right, and obviously uh, that's something we're all in, we all get to enjoy with the David Rodidi experience. So, Coach, sincerely, congratulations to you and your program on another national indoor title. You guys uh, certainly represent college tennis in the best way possible, and obviously here at Crack Rackets, we're rooting for you to have continued success here uh, throughout the course of this 2023 season. Thank you, thank you, Alex. As always, thank you for everything you do for college tennis. You guys are the best at it. Really appreciate it. We feel, I will echo what Coach Bruce Burke said, we feel we have the best jobs in the world that we get to do this and we get to be around young, inspiring players every day, makes us better better people, better, uh, just very humans uh, on a daily basis. It's so fun. We're very grateful. We feel very privileged that we won a title like this with all so many teams and, and again, You'll see, chances are you'll see somebody different in, in May. It's just too too many teams out there. So uh, thank you again, and, and uh, thanks to all those fans, family, colleagues, coaches, for all the messages. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Absolutely. Exciting. Five years Five years later, I finally perfected a coach. Go Frogs, obviously. And good luck to you all, Coach David Roditi. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Take care. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with TCU men's tennis head coach David Roditi. A massive thank you to coach, as always, for taking the time to chat. And I know I alluded to this at the end of our episode, but sincerely, few people out there have done more to support our Cracked Rackets team than Coach Roditi. So to see he and his program have success, obviously, that's something we're rooting for here at Cracked Rackets. The college tennis world is a better place now, thanks to everything David Roditi has done throughout the course of his career. So a massive congratulations to Coach Roditi, Coach Bowen, the entire TCU program on their success at the 2023 Men's National Indoor Championships. Of course, if you missed any of the action 
at the National Indoors. Rest assured, we're going to recap it all on our Great Shot podcast feed Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Actually, Chris Helios and I will be live offering at least one take on every team we saw compete in Chicago over the course of the past weekend. Of course, if you want to catch up on everything happening in the college tennis world, I highly recommend those episodes of The Deciding Point, which you can watch Tuesday and Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. You can also hear the conversations the next day on our Great Shot podcast feed. Of course, we also know it's not just the college tennis world that's rocking and rolling right now. We've got five tour-level events happening this weekend. For updates on all of the pro tennis action around the globe, be sure to hop on over to our mini break podcast feed. You can find the links to every Crack Rackets podcast on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A massive shout-out, of course, as well to our our friends at Swing Vision, remember to learn more about how their artificial intelligence, excuse me, can benefit your game. Just click on the link in the description to this podcast. But with all of that said, for the fantastic TCU men's tennis head coach David Rodidi, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Crack Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.